Sunshine is on its way. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank the Lord for the day He's given us and blessed us. And uh, we'll get into the Word of God tonight. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 19 in your Bibles. The book of Acts chapter 19 is where we're going to go to this evening. And we're going to look at a few verses. Go to some other places as well. Acts chapter chapter 19. Once you have found your place, if you're able to, we'll stand for the reading of the Word of God. Interesting passage here. Um, and we uh, will dive into this a little bit, kind of go down through these verses. I hope God will help you and be a blessing to you like it was to me. Uh, but you may be familiar with it, you may not, so we'll try to encapsulate as much as we can for you, uh, and then we'll go ahead and just seek the mind of the Lord. Acts chapter 19 and verse 23. Verse 23 of Acts chapter 19. It says, In the same time there arose no small stir about that way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation, and said, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands, so that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. And verse 28 says, And when they had heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Let's bow for a word of prayer, and uh, then we'll go ahead and uh, we'll uh, go ahead and get into the word, all right? Father Lord, I love you, God. I want to thank you for the day. I want to thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. God, I pray that as we, Father, look at this passage, God, you'll help us, Lord. Pray, God, that, uh, Lord, you'll speak to hearts in the only way that you can, God. And, Father, Lord, I ask you right now to just, uh, Lord, help us, God. Help me. I'm in need of that, God. I pray you'd settle minds and hearts, God. I ask that you allow for us to, uh, Lord, take in what you have for us. And, God, may we uh, learn from it, God, apply it to our lives. I do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I've got a little bit of an introduction. I want to lay some groundwork and then we'll get right into uh, the the main point, I guess. I really only have one, but I've got uh, a few things to build off of or up to that. Uh, if you were to read back, we're going to kind of work backwards a little bit through this passage, but uh, God was using Paul in a great way with the Ephesians. Uh, and uh, those at, at Ephesus, 
Um, and this is when Paul was using, God was using Paul to deal with them, and uh, people began to get saved. Now, here's what you've got to understand, uh, and just a few things here, like I said, I'm going to lay some groundwork. The people that made up this church, you've got to remember that where, where we are in these, this first century church and how God began to really work and move. All the people that made up this church, they were idolaters before they got saved. They were steep into idolatry. And, and, and they, here's what ended up happening. They realized they didn't need idols anymore. Why? Because they had Jesus Christ. And Paul made that known to them. Now here's what I want you to look at. Look at verse 20. We're going to work backwards. I know we started in 23, but in verse 20, and we're going to kind of go through some of these patches. But verse 20, here's what it says. So mightily grew the Word of God and prevailed. Now, you got to picture this. He's in, he's in a place. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I'm going to get into some of this later, but he's in a place where it's full of idolatry, full of wickedness, full of, uh, of, of, of gods being built and this shrine of Diana and all these things taking place. And yet, uh, here, here Paul begins to preach the Word of God. He preaches Christ. And because of the power of the Word of God, that's why they believed. They believed through the preach of the Word of God. And uh, you say, well, what are you trying to get at? I'm trying to get at this. You know, we look at the world we're in today, and, and there's a lot of things that are messed up about even this country. And things that we're seeing, and if, if any of you of, of any age, I mean, the, the things that we're seeing take place in our country, uh, look, it's, it can get, I mean, it'll make you scratch your head, it gets dark. Uh, but listen, we've got people today. I'm talking Christians today. They're looking. They're throwing their hands up, going, "Well, there's, oh, there's no hope. There's no hope." Listen, that's not true. We we see in in this in this situation, Paul goes into a place. There's not one Christian there. Think about that. When he first goes in, he preached Christ. He preached the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Souls got saved and lives were changed. Amen. I'm going to tell you what, that's what the preaching of the Word of God will do. Right. And listen, it's not too late. It's not too wicked for us to build a work and we're escape. Amen. Right. And for God to do great things. Right. Uh, you think if Paul, if God used Paul to do this in Ephesus, listen, it's not too late for here. It's not too late for 2020. It's not too late for us. It's not too dark and too wicked and too far gone. I'm telling you, God can still do it. Amen. Right. But we have to do what God works through, and He works through the power of the Word of God, preaching that death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, that's why we have a responsibility to, to preach and to live Jesus Christ. And to, to, for those of us that are saved, we need to live it, that people can see that changed life, that new birth, that life in Christ, but we need to proclaim it, amen, because we do know the minds of people are blinded, and proclaim Jesus. Now look, here's what's interesting. I just want to point out a few things. Like I said, my introduction is longer than my message, but just point out a few things here for you to look at. It's interesting. Look at verse 17. It says, And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks, also dwelling at Ephesus, and it says, fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Was magnified. You want to know something? 
We're not seeing a fear of the Lord like we need to today. They feared God. They, they feared the Lord. They understood through the preaching of the Word of God the seriousness of their situation had they not have turned to Jesus. And today, some, it, it, it almost seems like, and I think part of it is, uh, you know, I don't uh, anymore, I, I guess, blame the world as much as I do some of the, the churches and the pulpits, what's coming from the pulpits, of the failure to preach, thus saith the Lord. Uh, look, if there's, and here's the thing, if there's no knowledge of God, there'll be no fear of God. Right. So Paul made Jesus known to them, and through that in the preaching of the Word, they got saved. And there was a fear of God. But you think about it. Uh, think about when you got saved. I'm going to tell you what. Uh, Brother Barth, I, I was fearful. Look, I, I didn't want to go to hell. I was fearful. I had lived such a reprobate, such a... My life, man, it was so rebellious. And yet, I, I was fearful. That night when I came down that aisle, I wanted to do business with God. Because I knew, listen, I was fearful this may be the last time God deals with my heart and I need to get it right, amen. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, that, that is, that's something that today uh, I want to see more of, amen. It's needed. But look what happens. Look in verse 18. It says, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds, many of them also which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Look, they meant business. It wasn't any of this little, I'm going to profess, yeah, oh yeah, I got Jesus and go out and keep living the same old way and keep living life and nobody knows. I'm going to tell you what, they meant business. You've got to understand something. They're living in a town, in a community. You got mom and dad are idol worshipers. They had all they'd known as worshiping idols. The community worshiping idols. Here Paul comes, starts preaching Christ. They get saved. It was no small thing for them to realize, hey, guess what? This has got to go. Because for them, it meant losing everything. But as they did that, because they knew it's right, they found, guess what? Well, here I come. Can you imagine? Here I am. And, and let's just take it back to, to draw a picture here. Uh, Lord saves me. And I come in. I tell Christy, Christy, uh, I've gotten saved. This life we've been living is wrong. But thank God for Jesus. Listen, this stuff's got to go. And we, we see some smoke coming down there at the house of God. Let's go down there. All I know to do is take it to the man of God. And I don't know what to do with it, but I know it's got to get out of the house. And we go. But as we start going, here comes Brother Jason. Man, Brother Jason. Paul, my mom, Little's there. Man, Brother Martha, his family's there. Miss Sue, Miss Lydia. Everybody are gathered around. Guess what? They're putting their cash in it in and burning it up. Amen. Amen. And what seemed like to be a great step of faith when they finally did that, they realized, you know what, there are others that are doing the same thing I'm doing. You'd be surprised when you go ahead and say, you know what, I'm just going to get serious serving God. You'll find out God will put people in your path that are serious about serving God as well. Amen. 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 But look, they were serious. Let me ask you something. I said this this morning, and, and this is something that, that I'll, I'll just say it again. Why would anyone want to get saved if all they ever hear is God loves them? Stay with me. God does love you. But God doesn't love your sin. 
Amen. Amen. And all we've got today is people. All, we've got so many of these preachers tell, "Oh, God loves you." God, it's okay. You can live that lifestyle. We love you. God loves you. It's okay. It's not okay. Right. Amen. Yeah. And we need to understand that. And and listen, it, it is. It makes it hard on those of us living for God when you've got people that say they're saved and they still want to argue with you about drinking alcohol after they say they're saved. They still want to argue with you about your cigarette. They still want to argue about smoking dope. They still want to argue about the things in their life. They still want to argue about the filth and their language. Oh, I'm saved, but I tell you what, you're just, you're, you're, uh, uh, oh, that's, that's too far gone. I'm telling you, when the Lord saves you, He'll change you. Amen. These people were in a wicked environment, a wicked atmosphere. Paul came, he preached Christ, and they changed. Amen. When they got saved, they got rid of it. But we don't see much of that today. I'm going to tell you something. We've got to learn how to draw the line. Amen? We've got to learn how to draw the line. How do you become born again and then keep carrying all the baggage that you brought to the Lord to save you from and still try to say you're going to live for God? Straight as the way and there's the gate. Amen? You've got to leave that on the other side. Praise the Lord. Y'all with me tonight? This is the Bible. This is truth. Amen. And I'm telling you, people, here's the thing. I want to help people today. And people need help today. But the last thing they need is just to be told the same thing over and over without telling them it's Jesus who can help you. It's Jesus who can save you. It's Jesus that will make the difference in your life. Look, in Ephesus, they got rid of the stuff once and for all. They were burning it. Now in the old days, that would happen. I remember my papa, he was on that boat, he was preaching, and he said he could remember men coming. He said he'd be preaching, and there'd be men come in, drunks and skunk, disturbing the services, and they'd stay. Hey, listen, he, he said they may come the next weekend, they were sober, or whatever it was, maybe they were on duty, and they heard and listened to him preach. Man, I'm going to tell you what, he said he had guys at 2 o'clock in the morning to come beat on his door, Smitty, i got to get saved. He said, I'm telling you what, hey, they'd pour that alcohol down the toilet, they would get rid of that bottle. They were. He, look, there are still men at Calvary Baptist Church in Norfolk, Virginia, that were serving on a ship with him in World War II, that are still saved, still serving God to this day. I'm going to tell you what, listen, it can happen, amen. Yes. And I'm going to tell you what, even in our time, there were things, listen, when the Lord saved me, there were things God spoke to my heart. And I know we grow, and I know God deals. I understand that He will deal with us, and He's ginger, and He's caring. But I'm telling you, listen, God, when He saves you, He is going to change you, amen. Right. And, uh, I mean, y'all have heard preacher Norris testify over and over and over again. Look, he's a big dope head. He got saved. He said first thing he did when he come home from church, he took that dope he had and down the toilet it went. Amen. Gone. He didn't say, well, I'll hang on to it. Maybe I get a bad day. I hold. No, listen, he got rid of it. Amen. Got rid of it. And uh, that's what they did. Like, we used to have an old burn bear at the house. I know Jason, he, we, he testifies. He'd come over there. We had to burn. We burn stuff, man. Amen. Probably need to get a burn bear here at the church. Amen. It'd do us good to have a burn bear all night. Amen. Amen. Just say, you know what? I've been struggling with this thing, that thing. You know what? I'm just going to come over. We're going to burn. I'm going to get rid of it for good. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's what they did. Look, we need to be separated and sold out for Jesus. Amen. Why? Why, preacher? What, what are you doing? You're just trying to be different. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Listen, I want people. I want to see people get saved. I want people to get what I've got. Amen. Amen. I want to 
want to see that for families and for individuals and, and, and for young people and, and older people alike that they can get hold of Jesus. And I'm telling you, they're going to have to see it in our lives and see that it's real Amen. for it to make a difference. Here's what's happening today. They're designing churches to be like the world. Paul didn't do that. Amen. Why would anyone want to be born again in that? You know what you know what people do and Christianity does when they do when they try to, to imitate the world, what they're doing is they're telling the world they like the world's God better than our God. That's what they're doing. Look, we need to get as serious and sold out for Jesus and serving God as the world is for their gods. That's right. And I'm going to tell you, it'd make a difference, amen. amen. It'd make a difference. Listen, they have no problem getting sold out for the things of the world. We, there's no problem with us being sold out for Jesus. Right. He's the greatest gift in all the world, amen. amen. He can do for you more than anything. Now, that's my introduction, alright? So hang in, don't panic. I told you, my introduction is longer than my message. Here's what I want you to see now. This is where I hope this will be a blessing to you. Turn to Isaiah 44. The book of Isaiah. Now, keep if you, if you have one of these Bible markers, you can do that or a piece of paper, mark it there. But turn to Isaiah 44. The book of Isaiah, chapter 44. Keep those things in mind, alright? But look at Isaiah 44. We're going to begin reading in, in verse 6. The book of Isaiah, chapter 44, verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. I <laughs> that. settles it, right? Amen. And beside me there is, what does that say? No God. No God. And who, as I shall call and shall declare it and see it in order for me since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. And who, as I shall call and shall declare it and set it in order for me since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them, fear ye not. Neither be afraid, have not I told thee from that time, and have declared it, ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Look at verse 9. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit and they are their own witnesses. They see not nor know that they may be ashamed. Look, you know what he's saying here? He's saying, I'm the only God. He's the only one worth worshiping. And he's saying this, not just are the images nothing, but the people that make the images are nothing. That's what God's saying. And he's saying, listen, if... if, if you make an image and you call it a god, that becomes your idol. That, that, that you, not only does that become your idol, but that you're going to become like your idol. You're going to become like that. Whatever it is, you're making your god. Without knowledge, without understanding, he goes on and says that. And uh, 
look, there's a reason people today, uh, you could say, make their own idol. We, we've got listen. We've got idols. Anything above God is an idol. We've got people that put all types of things today before God. And there's a reason people want to make their own idols. Because they want to live in sin. They want to live in sin and they want a God that doesn't disagree with them. They, a lot of people want to find a church that will not, uh, will not go against their lifestyle and their living. And I'm not saying we're here to bash anybody, but listen, we need to preach the Bible, amen. I, in my life, Papa Little, when I got saved, the last thing I needed was a church and a man to tell me the way John Smith is living is right. I needed somebody to tell me, listen, son, if you don't change your ways, you're going to die and go to hell. That's right. And I'm glad, hey, I'm glad I got that, amen. amen. I didn't need any pat on the back. I, listen, I was doing fine living in my wickedness on my own. I didn't need anybody to encourage me and tell me God loved me in my sin. Brother Jason, I was as wicked as the day is long. Just because I grew up in church my granddad was a preacher didn't mean anything. I was on my way to hell. But I thank God I finally got saved. Amen. 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 And it didn't come through no back patting. It came through preaching, thus saith right. the Lord. Amen. Amen. And we need that. Amen. Right. And look, people make little golden calves all the time in their life. They make a God. They create a God. Why? Because they want a God that's not going to say anything that they don't want to hear. So whether it's a golden calf or whether it's these mega churches that just tell people what they want to hear, it doesn't make it doesn't make anybody feel bad for anything. It's all the same. People want a God that does not interfere with their lifestyle. Amen. And whether they make it out of wood, out of metal, or whether it's it's out of silver like they did in, 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 the, in the Bible. And if you were to go ahead and read down through here, that's what this is all about. He's talking about that. Uh, but uh, uh, even today, that what people make and what people worship today, look, we, we call it tree huggers. we got people that talk about the wood and the forest and all that. People that are worshiping the, cre- uh, the creature more than the creator. And they're doing it today, and we've got all of that. I'm telling you, all of that. And here's the thing we look at that and we go, that's silly. But understand something. Go back to what I was saying earlier. If that's all you knew, if your mom and daddy did that from the time you was little, that's all you remember. If 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 your brothers and sisters, if your friends, if your family, if everyone at school, if your community, if the people you looked up to, if that's all they did, it'd be a little bit different. Right. Amen. Right. And and you got to understand, a lot of these foreign countries still to this day are very steeped in in in, in idolatry. Now, I know we have a lot here in our country, but, but I'm just telling you, it's, I'm talking steeped into this idolatry we read about in the Bible. And so uh, you, you think about that, and then you think about you hear the gospel, and you believe and you trust in the Lord Jesus. And listen, with that being said, and you go, look, it's kind of like I was saying this morning. All right, I've been going this way. This is all I've known. But man, through the power of the Word of God, Paul preaches through the power of the Word of God. Hey, they believe, they turn, they trust in Christ. Now they're going to this. They have to give up everything. There are those in foreign countries today that if they get saved, they, their family disowns them, they lose everything. Man. And we've got to realize, listen, it's serious. And these in Ephesus, they forsook everything when they went with the Lord. But I'm telling you, it was worth it. And I'm going to show you in just a minute why they did it and why we ought to forsake everything that isn't of God. Now look at verse 11. Look at verse 11 in our text. This is important. We're going somewhere. 
He says, Behold, all his fellows shall be ashamed, and the workmen, if you're in the habit of underlining, underline that, they are of men. They're just men. He's talking about those that make these graven images. He says, Let them all be gathered together, let them stand up, yet they shall fear and they shall be ashamed together. The workmen were men. The things they made were nothing more than of men. Every idol, everything they made, nothing more than men. Go back to Acts 19. Keep that in mind. Go back to Acts 19 and look in verse 25. Acts chapter 19, verse 25. I know we're having to do a little bit of digging, but it's... It's neat when this comes together, amen. Acts 19, verse 25. Now, now you've got to remember, Paul comes in, he preaches against this idol worship. Uh, they're huge worshipers of this goddess Diana. Uh, the blacksmiths, they all get in an uproar. They are upset. People have gotten saved. Remember, they're forsaking all. And look what it says in verse 25. It says... Verse 25, Acts 19, verse 25, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. We have our wealth. They, these were just men making idols, whether it was wood, they were carpenters, or whether they were metal workers, or whether they were working with, with iron, silver, whatever it was, every idol they made was nothing more than a lifeless thing. Right. And a lifeless creation. Every idol that you see that was made by the hands of man was nothing more than just a lifeless idol. Listen to me. If you're going to worship anything other than the true and living God, listen, you are doing nothing but worshiping a worthless, lifeless idol. Amen. Right. And, it's no, and listen, you're, you, if you're not going to worship the true and living God, here's what's going to happen. You're either going to worship the works of your own hands or you're going to worship the works of someone else's hands. Right. That's it. And in the end, it'll be nothing more than a lifeless work of man. Now, go to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. We've got it to, in order to wrap this up, I want you to go to the book of Ephesians. I know it's a lot, but it's the only way I can get this thing across to you this evening. The book of Ephesians chapter 2. The book of Ephesians chapter 2. Keep those things I just mentioned in mind. This ought to excite you now. We're about ready to be done, but this ought to excite you. If it don't, just pretend you are, because I am, hallelujah. Amen. Look in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2. And you, who's you there? He's speaking those that are saved. Hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins? We talked about that a little bit this morning. Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now look, he's writing 
in Ephesians here to the people that were in Acts chapter 19, okay? I'm just helping you out on some timelines, all right? So the people we read about in Acts 19, this is those here, these Ephesians he's talking, that, that was those people, okay? And he, he's talking to them, and he's reminding them of that old lifestyle. But look at verse 4, and this is wonderful. But God, amen, but God, hallelujah, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Amen. Now if you look at verses 1, 2, and 3, that's our state. That is what we were before the Lord. And I'm telling you, God is the overwhelming power to whatever God you are serving other than Him. Amen. He was letting them know, you. hey, it may have been granddaddy, grandma, mom, dad. It may have been everyone around you. But I'm telling you, you used to be that way. You used to go that way. But God, in His mercy, through Jesus Christ, saved your soul. Amen. I'm telling you, the Lord, He is the overwhelming power to whatever God you may be serving or worshiping. He was telling them that, and I'm telling you that tonight. I'm telling you, praise God, He overpowers everything. Now look at verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with who? Christ, He's the center of this thing. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. Amen. Praise God for Jesus. And look, when one believes and trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got a lost man who now becomes a saved man. You have an individual that was dead in trespasses and sins. Now they're alive in Christ Jesus. What happens? What happens? I'll tell you what happens. Remember in Isaiah? And remember we read there back in, in Acts? Remember the workmen? And you had those workmen that were nothing more than just men. And, and, and in Acts you had those workmen that were nothing more than just men. And what were they doing? They were creating these idols that they were worshiping. Alright? And they were lifeless. They were worthless. That They were just nothing more than, than the workmanship of a man. And that is what they were worshiping. That is the way they were living. That's who they were following. That is what consumed them. But God... Once they got saved, guess what? Look at verse 10. This ought to make you shout. For we are whose workmanship now? Yeah. His workmanship, amen. amen. Praise God, amen. We're just not, listen, we're not just buying into the workmanship of some man. We become His workmanship. Wow. The Lord's. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen? Amen? 
Back in Isaiah 44, you had a workman. He turns a piece of metal or wood or silver into a figurine. It's still dead. It's still lifeless. It's still worthless. You go to Acts 19, what were they doing? They had workmen that were trading things out of silver. They were worshiping an idol, that idol Diana and other idols. They were dead. They were lifeless. They were worthless. But you get to Ephesians chapter 2, amen. And Paul explains what happened to them and the Lord says, I found a lifeless human being who is dead in trespasses and sins. Brother Jason, this is good, amen. Dead in that and yet this workman brought life to that thing. We receive life in Christ. Amen. Amen. Listen, what all of those tried to do, all the all those carpenters that tried to make those make those those idols and all those workmen that made things out of metal and silver and wood and all those other things, what they were trying to imitate, God did for us, Amen. God did it for us. He made us into the likeness of his own son and then put life in us. Praise God. Amen. Why in the world do we want to go down the road? Why, should, why do we even want to even lean to the way of the world today? We're the workmanship of the Lord. Yes. Amen. Every idol, there are things out here in this world today, the devil makes, look, he makes it look good. He makes, listen, there, there are people today, they have sold their families out for sports. Right. That's right. That is a workmanship of a man created by man's hands that is worthless and lifeless and it's going to amount to nothing one day. Amen. 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 Look, they could get all those people in that that big arena and and they were cheering for Diana, Diana, Diana. You say, how in the world could they they, they make this little figurine and, and get thousands of people in a big arena back then and and just shout, Diana, Diana. Well, how many football games are played today? Mm-hmm. That's right. Worshiping a little football god. Right. Look, I like sports. I enjoy sports. But it ain't going to be my god. Amen. 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 I serve the one and true living God. Amen. And we need to understand that, listen, what takes place for us when we get saved. Now look at verse 11. Look what it says here. Wherefore remember... That ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from uh, the, the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Look, He's saying if you've got another God besides the God of the Bible, you don't have a God. You don't have a God. Now look, people can say what they want. And they can say anything, but it doesn't mean it's real. I can say my truck is a spaceship, but it doesn't mean it's a spaceship. Right. I mean, right? I can say that piano is a car, but it, I, oh, I believe that piano is a car. It's an automobile. It's a piano. Mm-hmm. You can say anything you want. Right. We've got people saying all types of things today, but it doesn't mean it's real. That's right. It doesn't mean it's right. Amen. And God lets them know, listen, you are without God. You, If you are without God, you have nothing. Amen. But now. But now. And he goes on in verse 13. Look what he says in verse 13. 
But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Amen? Praise God. Made nigh with God. Made nigh. Brother Jason, that's amazing. And if you look at that and you see that, listen, when you look at that, what is it uh, that those, those old worshipers of Diana, uh, when they got saved, what made them good? Hey, listen, it wasn't them getting better. It was, they didn't draw not to God because they got better. They didn't draw not to God. It was the blood of Jesus Christ. It says here, we, look what it says here, we are made nigh by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ Jesus made them nigh. Amen. Right. We're, 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 we, we're at peace with God through the blood of Jesus. Verse 14, For He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. That wall of partition, that's all those barriers between Greek, Gentile, Jew. Amen. Isn't it wonderful tonight to know? Listen, it don't matter where you come from, who you are, praise God. We can draw nigh to God and we're made one together in Christ and by Him. Amen. It's through the blood of Jesus. That's right. Amen. Hey, I'm your brother in Christ, Brother Jason. Listen, all because of the blood of Jesus. That's Nothing right. you've done or I've done, amen. Right. Hey, but it's all because of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, amen. Yes. Doesn't matter where you came from, what you did, hey, how you got saved, where you were when God found you, we're made nigh through the blood of Christ, amen. Right. And we become one, listen, with hope, hallelujah, because of the Lord, amen. For He is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Amen. Now that you've got salvation, listen, through the blood of Jesus, He's your peace. Amen. We're all one. We, we, we are one. Those that are saved, we're one. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's a blessing. Everyone at Ephesus that was saved is God's workmanship. And if you're saved tonight, you're the workmanship of God. You've been given life. Amen. And guess what? Because of that, they were devoted. Because of that, they loved one another. And because of that, they did great things for God. Because they trusted in what God had done for them. They understood being His work, workmanship. Do you realize you are His workmanship? Amen. Look, here's something I'll just say. We'll be done. But I think it's worth mentioning. It's just so many things here. Go back to the life they were living. When one of them got saved, now they were an outcast. They had to give up everything. But when they heard from someone else, are you a believer? I'm a believer. I'm not in Christ. We're one through Christ. Well, hey, we're getting together down here and we're going to worship God and we're going to worship the Lord and we're going to read what word that they had and what God had given them and we're going to study it and, and we're going to... Listen, do you think they said, Nah, I ain't going to worry about it. I guarantee you they were down there. They craved to be around others who were made one through the blood of Christ. Right. We've got it too easy in America. Right. Man. Right, man. 
They make it so easy today in so many ways. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not taking away. We go through things. I understand that. But I'm telling you when it comes to Christianity and it comes to salvation and church, it's like, oh, well, this one, that one. It's kind of like picking a new car. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, it ought to, I've said this. The local church ought to mean something to you. Where God is at. Where God's moving. The one who made us nigh to be able to go to a place and gather together. Hey, we're made one. The wall of perdition is knocked down. Praise God. Right. It don't matter where you came from you can come here, amen. We can have a refuge, praise God, right. in this crazy world to come together and gather together and worship the one amen. who is a true and living God. Yes. Who we are, His workmanship, right. made by His hands. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. In Isaiah 44, it says idols, they were a result of the workmen. That's what it said. And it said in Ephesians, we read in Ephesians there, chapter 2, that Christians are a result of a workman. But you want to know what the difference is? Man can only make lifeless representations. But it's only the Lord God who can make life and give life. Amen. Through His hands. And listen, make real living items. We receive life when we receive the Lord. Amen. Life in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen. Well, preacher, if I get saved, is he going to take away every problem that I've got? Probably not. But you sure can't handle those problems in a whole different way because you've got one that is bigger than those problems. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. And he can take care of you and do a better job taking care of you than you can yourself. Right. Amen. Amen. Do you remember in Exodus when Moses went before Pharaoh? And, and I know I preached that message on decoys, and some of you may remember that, but uh, he had those magicians, and they were imitating, they were imitating everything Moses did. Moses and Aaron, with that rod, those, those magicians imitated up until when? When they created the lice out of the dust. When they took the dust of the ground and made life. Right. Man can imitate and create a lot of things today but He cannot produce life. Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ gives life. Amen. And He gives it more abundantly. Amen. Listen, we know Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of worse as any man should boast. I'm thankful that I'm saved by the grace of God. Amen. We need to go on and start memorizing verse 10 as well. We are His workmanship, praise God. Hallelujah. I am no more... I'm not made by hands of man, Brother Jason, but by the hands of God Almighty. Amen. Amen. And my Maker, Miss Lucy, He doesn't wear out. He doesn't get tired. Amen. Amen. He is there for me. He'll never... Hey, He'll never fail me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Listen, it's good to be saved tonight. Amen. It's a good thing to know Jesus. And if you don't know Him, you need to know Him. Amen. Right. Today is the day of salvation. No greater choice can be made in anyone's life than to receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Do not forget this as we go into this world full of idols and full of people and workmanship of, of things made by the hands of man. You, if you're saved, you are a workman piece of a workman and you are the workmanship of God. Amen. And that's something being 
We ought we we ought to, that we ought to that ought to excite us, Amen. And that ought to cause us. We're His workmanship, created unto good works, Amen. We ought to want to live for Him. We ought to want to live for Him. Amen. And do the best job we can. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes. All right. Let's go ahead. We'll bow for a word of prayer. And uh, we'll be dismissed. All right.